When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, iHeartRadio, and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, each week this is a place you go to when you want to hear the latest in paranormal happenings. I'm talking about your neighbor down the street, your best friend, your dad, whomever it is. And they are experiencing things out of the ordinary. Guess who they call? Me. They send their emails and their stories and their heartfelt words to HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com. That's for those of you who do not know how to spell my name. And they fill those, all those words and every little detail that they can think of into the form that I have there. And what I do then is I share it here on the program. So... I want to encourage you guys to all go there and fill out that form. Tell me what's going on out there in the world from angels to aliens, shadow people to the hat man, anything and everything out of the ordinary. I have had people that write about certain things concerning crystals, Bigfoot, uh, werewolves, uh, <laughs> you name it, uh, near-death experiences. I mean, why limit it? It's all connected. So let's go there. Um, I am always going there. Um, but anyways, you can hear in my voice, I'm a little bit sick. I'm overcoming some bad cooties, but, um, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> I gotta tell you too, today you're in for quite the treat. I have Lester Velez is going to be on the program today. Oh yes. And what is he going to speak on? Opus, the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. Did you guys even know such a thing existed? I know I didn't know for a very long time. A very, 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 very long time. So we're going to get into that and what that's all about. What inspired him to do this and create this organization and pull people together to do what? Help each other understand what's going on out there when it comes to these things out of the ordinary so very important and um 
if we don't come together, how are we going to learn? I keep telling people, like, I'm going to sit here with this unbelievable story and just hoard it. You know, people are like, what got you to get out there and speak on these things? Well, um, let's see. I grew up in a family where we didn't, <laughs> we, didn't we weren't shy. We were not shy about what it is that we're experiencing because we're experiencing it right alongside of each other. And uh, we treated horror movies like therapeutic sessions. And I'm not kidding. Like a movie wasn't a movie unless it was scary. And that's how we got to understand that people understood the possibilities out there, what can happen. And uh, it was healing. It sounds crazy, but it was healing. And we were very, very, very uh, thankful that we didn't experience anything like the Exorcist movie. Um, that's all I could tell you. <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's really isolating when you experience these things. And um, I don't know how to stress that. It's so isolating. It could turn your world upside down. And if you don't have the support of friends or family or somebody around you, it could be absolutely depressing. And you feel, you know, oppressed and then you get possessed. It's it's sad. It's sad. And I hate hearing about it. I hate knowing these things are going on out there. So I took the step forward to use me, my life, as an example of strange things can happen to regular everyday people. And we can find answers. We can find resolution. We do not have to take what comes at us. No, we don't. We don't have to. I always, uh, it, it makes me so, um, I don't even know. It's just this boiling in me when I, I hear people are like, <sighs> absolutely just feeling like victims. And, and I get it. It's probably because they don't have the support. And, and, you know, who the heck wakes up one day is like, you know, I'm going to look into some demons today and see how to fight them. No, I mean, <laughs> it's not a, it's not a thing, you know, but uh, on a necessity. And when you're, you're in the, the whole aura of fear, you really don't see a way out. And uh, we're all about bringing dark into the light, right? Mm hmm. Dark becomes light. Uh-huh. Uh, so <laughs> don't mind me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's the whole goal. And, uh, you know, before I go on to um, introducing our wonderful guest today, uh, I have an email and it looks like it's short and sweet. So we'll, we'll see where this one brings us. Okay. And this one says Cece. Oh, that's interesting. Um, first name, Karen. And she begins and says, Dear Heidi, I had a bad dream and woke up to this weird pattern on my ceiling. Hmm, okay. It was a shadow and looked like a doily of all things. You guys know what a doily is, right? <laughs> it's those really highly patterned little stitchery that um, everybody's grandmother or stepmother <laughs> made as my stepmother did. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of interesting. So the first thing that comes to mind when I think of doilies is uh, those stringy patterns that were made in my home uh, growing up. All right. Um, and she continues, and I prayed it away. I rebuked it in the name of Jesus Christ. Well, all right, girlfriend. And it slowly faded. Hmm. One lady told me I... or. <laughs> Really? I opened a portal, but I don't know how I did that. Strange. And that, that's, that's the end of the email. Um, hmm. Okay, so there's a lot to, to believe it or not, to unpack here. <laughs> uh, why? 
Well, first off, the thing that made me uh, reflect on a on a incident that I personally had was with shadow orb looking things, right? And they kind of rose up to the ceiling and like as, as kind of, you know, wishing, praying these things away, they slowly faded. So it's interesting that you're you're talking about a weird pattern on your on your ceiling like that and how it slowly faded away. But when I'm I'm reading this and how you rebuked it in the name of Jesus, I always say sprinkle some Jesus on it. That's my that's my slogan. I wonder if anybody is still that one now. Um <laughs> but um but um <laughs> if something's too good and people take it, it's like I I have to get into something on that actually. Um but yeah. Um but it's it's just uh it's one of those those things that uh sprinkling some Jesus on it helps and and if it faded away it couldn't have been good right so and it was black and we associate something shadowed as being negative right so good on you to sprinkle some Jesus on it <laughs> uh but this part here this is what bothers me one lady told me I opened a portal, but you don't know how. Um, you didn't write about it. So I'm assuming you really don't know how. I mean, you didn't put that one day you played with a Ouija board. You didn't put that one day you thought, oh, I'm just going to try this incantation and see if the devil shows up. You didn't mention any of that. So I'm assuming nothing was clear to you. And you just put the word strange. I mean, that is strange. What's most strange is that somebody told you that. How, how do they know you well enough to say, yep, you did it? I don't know you well enough to say that. Uh, I'm not a psychic. Um, I don't know if the person that you're you're speaking of is a psychic. But um, either way, why why go there? Why say you did it? That's your fault. You earned that. <laughs> you know, it's like I, I don't I don't get that. I, I think that was kind of wrong. I think it was a, a cheap shot. Like, oh, well, you did it yourself. So, hmm. So, oh, well. It's like, sometimes things just come leaking into a person's home through the neighbor. Or somebody that delivered a package and had some nasty mojo on them. These things happen. Or you were out at the Goodwill and picked up something. And it had some stink on it that was dark. Could have been a haunted doily for all we know. <laughs> That's funny. Let's hope not, though. I mean, anything could be haunted. Really? Anything could be haunted. Why not? I mean, you just don't know who it was that owned something prior. Or if they used that, that black marker to draw a pentagram. We don't know. We don't know. Ooh, that makes me think. <laughs> Never pick up somebody's pen anymore or marker. But honestly, we don't. Um, so to say that it was you, there is no way to know that. And what a strange thing to have uh, such a, a pattern on your wall. Um, believe it or not, though, I did see somebody that had an odd pattern on their skin. But it was from what they thought was an alien encounter. But it kind of looked like a strange little doily pattern. Actually, I've seen a couple of those. Yep, a couple of those. And one in person. And the one girl, she was just so freaked. Like, what is this? Why is this on me? And I don't know. I'm not a psychic. But I sure wouldn't say, you did it to yourself. 
You probably created a portal on your skin. <laughs> so anyway, Cece, I want to thank you for writing me. And uh, something I want to get to, um, <laughs> you know, I, I did a I did a show not too long ago. And um, a question was asked to me that, uh, you know, wow, it's controversial that you trademarked shadow people. I'm like, it is? I haven't heard that. I haven't heard anybody complain about that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, I guess I've just talked to certain people. I'm like, really? Oh, well, why? It's like, well, because it's such a common thing. And I, I briefly told them, I said, well, you know, straight out of college, instead of practicing as a therapist uh, for five years, I packed up my friends into a van and, and we drove across country with my self-published book I wrote in 97 and nobody would publish. So I finally got it published four years later in 2001. And I, I was out there talking and nobody invited me to these conferences I would go to until it was open mic time. I'd go up on the stage after I was renting a table there and sell my books there independently and grab the open mic and just say my truth. And, uh, and it got popular. And I started coming on Coast to Coast AM for 20 plus years. So if people know about the shadow people and the hat man, you're welcome. <laughs> it's like, should Stan Lee apologize that Spider-Man got popular? That's, uh, that's where I'm going. Um, so anyways, I <laughs> just had to share that because that was the first I'd heard that. So fascinating well you guys guess what we are in for a treat because we have lester velez coming here on the program and uh we're gonna dive into a whole lot of interesting topics all right you are listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iHeartRadio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network stick around we'll be right back Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. 
Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. As promised, I have a fabulous guest. I have Lester Velez, who is a graduate of the University of Vermont with a Bachelor of Science degree in Business Administration. Beginning in September of 1970, he served in the U.S. Army as a field artillery officer and was later vice president of the Lascombe Engineering. I could be saying that wrong. Uh, (laughs) Silicon Valley-based manufacturer's representative company. He joined MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, in 1991 and has held the following positions. He was a field investigator, training coordinator for field investigators, the assistant state director in Northern California, chairman of the AERC, which is the Abduction Experiencer Research Committee, and the team leader of ART, which is the Abduction Response Team. And also, during that time, he became a facilitator for an abduction support group in San Jose, California. And in 1994, he co-founded OPUS, which is the organization for paranormal understanding and support. A very well-respected group, I must say. So I'd like to welcome Les Velez to the show. How are you doing today there, Les? Great, Heidi. So happy to be with you today. Yeah, same. My gosh, you're. I, I'm going to say it right here now. You are a super-duper paranormal pioneer of sorts. I mean, if it hadn't been told to you before, as you mentioned before we got on here, you know it now, and I recognize it. <laughs> Thank you so much. Honestly, I mean, gosh, it, the opus. Okay, please tell us a bit about that and why on earth did you get involved in doing such a thing? 
Well, OPA stands for the Organization for Paranormal Understanding and Support. And it came about, uh, uh, actually first got started in 1994, and uh, we're a nonprofit uh, organization recognized by the IRS. Uh, And our mission, simply put, is to help people having paranormal experiences. And um, we, you know, we have put together a team uh, that has been able to really uh, give people that are having these types of experiences the help that they need. And uh, we do this through three different ways now. Uh, the first way is that uh, we have uh, an online confidential support group, uh, and we have over 300 people from around the world that are talking to one another 24-7, telling their stories, asking their questions. And then we have a referral network of mental health practitioners, hypnotherapists, And then the third thing that we just recently brought on board is a group called the Experiencer Support Team. And these are people that have a lot of experience working with uh, experiencers. And uh, uh, they they, it's sort of a triage uh, type of a team uh, where they then talk to these people and find out, you know, even if they've mentioned the fact that they would uh, like to be put into the support group, but we verify the fact that, you know, that's maybe the best place for them to be. Um, so this has proved to be very beneficial uh, for these people, especially the, the support group, knowing that they're not alone. Is is such a such a a, a great uh, a relief for these people because you know they, most of the time they think that they're totally alone that you know this is not happening to anybody else uh, because of course they they they're afraid to talk to uh, their family members or clergy or you know their uh, uh, workmates uh, it, it's the kind of thing that they're afraid that people will think you're crazy. And a lot of these people have gone to therapists and uh, found out that they're not crazy. So then what? What do they do then? And that's what we basically have provided these people, a place where they can go. And uh, our website is opusnetwork.org. And, uh, you know, if if you're you know, having, you know, poltergeist activity, uh uh, contact with non-human intelligences, uh, spiritual awakening, things of that nature, uh, we can point you in the right direction or g- give you help immediately uh, from our site. That's amazing. And, you know, I, I sure could have used you back in the day. That's all I'm going to say there, Les, because, <laughs> man, I was dealing with these shadowy things that I called shadow people. And I, I, right. I, I'd seen UFOs. I had experienced uh, seeing some beings in my home. Uh, luckily, I wasn't paralyzed, but um, <laughs> had, yeah. a, had a little run in with them, you know, and lived in a haunted house, dealt with poltergeists, out of body. And it, it was confusing, you know, and uh, I, I, I became a therapist myself and uh, wrote my first book while I was in college in 97. And, and it was one of those 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 seeking things. I, I kept, you know, trying to uh, connect the dots and, and to make it OK, started a group. You know, it's like back in the day, you couldn't just hit a button online and go, I need help. <laughs> you know, you had to actually get out of your seat and go look for it. And you yeah. did that in a big way. And then you spread the joy. So, I mean, super 
uh, applause to you because, um, I mean, you're super ahead of your time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, people ask me, you know, like, why, how did this all get started for you? And I have to back up to when I was 11 years old. And this is when I lived in Connecticut. And I uh, was coming in the house. It was a uh, late October evening. Uh, and uh, I saw this object. It was hovering over this tree line. No, no sound whatsoever. And it scared the hell out of me. And I ran in the house, tried to get my father to come out. And I finally, he finally did come out and it was gone by then. And he says, well, it's probably just a beacon of light reflecting off a cloud. Well, I didn't buy that. And I started reading books by George Adamski back in those days. And, uh, who talked about the Venusians and, and, and things of that nature. And uh, so, uh, you know, I, I like I say, I was really into it for a while, but then, I, you know, I got older and uh, I went off to uh, college and, and then I uh, uh, eventually uh, upon graduation uh, got married and uh, went in the service. Uh, I went through the ROTC program and uh, uh Eventually had a couple of children in 1985, uh, moved from uh, Connecticut to California. And I picked up the paper one day, the, the San Jose Mercury News, as it was called back then. Uh, and Stanton Freeman was going to talk about UFOs and the government cover up. And it was like somebody threw a switch. It was like, oh, my God, this is, you know, <laughs> this I, I've got to go see this guy. And so uh, I Talk did. Talk about pioneers, right? <laughs> oh, my God, yes. Uh, fantastic man. Unfortunately, he's, he's gone now, too. Yeah. And uh, so uh, he gave one of his inimitable uh, presentations, and I was really excited. And on my way out, uh, this organization called MUFON, Mutual UFO Network, had a uh, table there. And uh, uh, so uh, they produce a monthly journal. And so I decided I'm going to start getting a journal which talks about UFO um, sightings and uh, uh, investigations that they do. And so that was okay for a while. But then I finally decided I wanted to become a field investigator. And I passed the test and started to go out in the field with a, a more seasoned uh, person. But all the cases, almost without exception, turned out to be not only sightings, but these people telling us that they've had contact with non-human intelligences and so that really started to get my interest and and then these people would ask me did i know of other people having similar circumstances and i said yes i do and so next thing i'm doing i'm facilitating a support group in san jose in my office <laughs> so yeah amazing it's amazing and I, the you started to find that a lot of these uh things that, that people were reporting were interconnected. I mean, because you don't just stop at one type of experience. You kind of open up the discussion for everything, correct? Absolutely. And and that that is, you know, I firmly believe that all these things are connected, whether you talk about shadow people, whether you talk about light beings, orbs, uh, grays, yeah. um, this whole realm, you know, once you go down that rabbit hole, it's, it's pretty incredible. And, uh, uh, you know, these people are telling you stories that, you know, in, in balance are, are very similar, but then they have all kinds of nuances with it. And uh, 
but the bottom line is they're having some type of an experience, whether it might be out of body type of experience, you know, uh, astral travel, if you will, uh, but or physical, physical uh, experiences that manifest in marks on the body, uh, implants and things of that nature. Right, exactly. You know, uh, mentioning the shadow people uh, from the start have discussed their connection directly to some of these alien beings and how they've been seen right alongside of them sometimes. Have you come across stories like that? Um, In that particular case, I don't think so. But uh, I would believe that it's totally possible that uh, these things interact with uh, one another. Uh, It could be, you know, a lot of times that you you hear about the fact that a person is brought on board a craft uh, by a a small gray and then there's a large gray there. But then there's a a, a mantis type of of a creature that may be there as well or a Nordic or a man in military uniform. I mean, this thing starts to really, you know, multiply as far as the people that are involved with it. So I would certainly believe that that is possible, that you have two different entities that are interacting. And, uh, and you, you know, are they all good? Or are they all bad? I think we have both. I think you have, even within species, you have good ones and you have bad ones. Oh, um, even on this because, planet. How about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is exactly the same thing. Humans and, got issues. <laughs> well, we've got to get to our next break. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi, guys. Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. 
Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. She's a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM paranormal podcast network i have les velez and we are speaking on everything out of the ordinary and how opus has helped so many people uh, from so many walks of life i'm curious if you've had uh people who have come to you about such things as near-death experiences or angelic encounters and what that's been like well, it's interesting that you uh, brought that up because most of the, a lot of the people that do come to us talk about having had a near-death experience. Uh, there's a there's a story I want to tell you about, uh, uh, and it relates to how Opus got started, but it goes back into near-death experience uh, question. I had been written up in the Monterey Coast Weekly paper. Uh, this uh, reporter had talked to MUFON headquarters and asked if for the name of someone that he could talk to about uh, uh, the UFO thing. And uh, so they evidently gave uh, this reporter my name. He came out, he interviewed me, ended up uh, putting my head on. I mean, it was really weird. My head on the front cover of this weekly paper. In that same article, there was a woman uh, that was written up with her capabilities that she had. And she contacted me, said to me, like, I'd like to understand what's going on with my uh, brainwaves when I'm in contact with these off-earthly entities. Uh, you know, I kind of scratched my head figuratively and saying, well, you know, how am I going to possibly help this person? And then she said she was working with an emergency room doctor down in Carmel. And so that really piqued my interest because I had a doctor friend by the name of Eugene Lipson uh, that was interested in meeting other doctors. Um, I called him up and I said, you know, why don't we take a trip down and, and visit with this lady and, and see, see what we could possibly do or to better understand what, what it is that's happening to her. 
So we did. And as we walked into her home, uh, there was a picture on the wall. And it was her standing on the back of this boat, a rather large vessel. And I said, what's this all about? Uh, well, that was when I was down in the Caribbean helping these treasure hunters. And I said, what? Yeah, I was helping these treasure. Well, how were you helping them? She says, well, I was in contact with the uh, captain of the galleon that had gone down. <laughs> so that, of course, uh, kind of blew us away. Huh. Uh, and we, what we came to find out that after a near-death experience, she had become very psychic. And so she began to tell us things about ourselves that afternoon that there was no possible way that she could know that because she didn't know us from Adam. And, you know, and the article didn't say anything about my background other than, you know, my involvement with MUFON. So, yeah, so we came away that afternoon and we stopped at a hamburger joint and decided, how can we possibly help people like this? And because we were, you know, I had already been doing the uh, support group in San Jose and, 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 and Gene was doing some similar things up in his area. And so that was the afternoon that Opus was hatched. The rest is history, so to speak. Yeah. But uh, near-death experiences does, does come up a lot. Uh, that uh, uh, afterwards people become very psychic. They have a whole different worldview afterwards, uh, especially with the contacts that they make during uh, these uh, experiences. Another doctor, uh, and you might have heard of this story, uh, she was uh, taking a kayaking uh, uh, adventure down in South America, and uh, she went over this falls and got trapped at the bottom of the falls for over 30 minutes. And during that time, she saw these entities and they, they she felt this incredible love coming her way and so she decided that she wanted to go with them and then they said no 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 uh you have things that you have to do you have to go back and she survived one of the things that these entities also told her was that her son uh who was little at the time when he turned 18 would uh, succumb uh would die of course, that shook her up quite a bit, and uh, but she never said anything to her son, and uh, because she probably didn't believe it, it, it anyway. When he turned eighteen, shortly thereafter, he got in a car accident and died. Oh. So, I mean, near death, um, psychic abilities, involvement with entities, uh, healings that go on when you when you. Uh, uh, are in contact with them. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you know the name, uh, major, major, oh goodness, I'm, I'm losing it right now. Anyway, he was in charge of the, uh, Maelstrom Air Force Base when all the missiles were shut down. Um, and he, he was at, uh, a presentation that I made at the MUFON Symposium two years ago in Las Vegas. This was a, an experiencers uh, meeting. And he brought his, his wife along with him. And after I, I did the presentation, he came up to me and said, can I talk to you, you know, in private afterwards? And so I said, sure. Um, and uh, I was sitting at my table in the exhibitor area uh, hawking my uh, <laughs> my book, which uh, we'll we'll talk about um, the unknown other, 
And he tells me that he had an experience along with his wife. And when they came back after this experience, she was able to heal people. The ability to heal was not only something that happens with you, but you can also become a healer. Uh, so how, how do these things happen? You know, we, we don't understand so much uh, about this phenomena. Uh, it's amazing. And yeah, it is. And, you know, you have the majority of people that are having these experiences, probably 70% or so, that uh, want these experiences to continue. Certainly in the beginning, all these experiences are quite traumatic, but there's a process that goes on and then eventually they become accustomed to it. And then when it stops, it's almost like the Stockholm syndrome. It's like, where did they go? Why aren't they coming back for me? Uh, and so uh, that that's, that's some interesting things. And one of the other things that Opus does is we're in a process of doing another research uh, project. We did the f first one, uh, back in 2007, which was funded by MUFON, called the Omega-3 study, where we took 71 experiencers and 51 uh, people that were a control group. And we basically uh, had them take various psychological tests and uh, came away with the fact that these people did not have a psychopathology. Uh, their worldview changes dramatically. In other words, hey, we need to be better stewards of the planet. We need to be better better to one another. We need to be more loving. These are all wonderful, wonderful things. Um, and uh, there's also uh, changes in the temporal lobe activity versus the control group. And that's another factor that uh, I think is being looked at by uh, some uh, scientists at the present time, uh, trying to better understand what the how that is is part of this process um and now we're in the the the, the second phase of the omega-4 study the first phase was where we went out to therapists and had them take um, this uh, uh, survey and we came away with some interesting information there too which is actually published on our website um and uh, number one most activity does involve the grave uh, as far as contact with non-human intelligences. The second thing that comes up is orbs. People talk about orbs. Hmm. The, third, the third thing that comes up is interdimensionals. And then the fourth thing that comes up is poltergeist activity. Oh, and wow. Polter poltergeist activity can take the form of a lot of different things uh, shadow people probably uh along with it uh so uh yeah it, it's fascinating there's so many nooks and crannies to investigate uh in all this but the bottom line there's something going on these people are not crazy um and you know the big question what is it is it is it extraterrestrial in nature? Is it interdimensional in nature? Is it time travelers? Is it the military? Or is it all the above, which I kind of think it is, and probably anything else you could possibly think of. Right. You know, one of the questions that I have when it comes to the alien beings, I mean, there's a lot of gray involvement, but I have heard 
and witness myself, people that absolutely went through so many horrible experiences with these beings. And then they would teach them, you know, something positive. And they're like, um, okay, I wanted to kill them before, but now they're teaching me things. So I guess I'm okay with it. And I'm like, hold on, you slept with a gun under your pillow. I remember you, you know, yeah. so uh, do you think there's a conflict in alien contact? Are they uh, masking themselves to as appear as one thing so you let your guard down they take advantage and then they reward you with a cookie or something i mean what's going on <laughs> yeah yeah it's the old carrot and stick uh philosophy <laughs> right um yeah I, I think what it what it is is that it depends on the 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 group that you're dealing with um i i think i've you know I, there's both sides to the story you know you know if you believe the greer greer group uh that they believe everything is positive no no issues and then you have the the uh the david jacobs and and bud hopkins uh that said they're all bad it's a mixture it's absolutely a mixture and so i i it's it's really difficult you know to and again based on our studies and other studies that have gone on the free study for instance most of the people are coming away with with positive feelings about it but certainly that that initial phase that initial phase where you put on a table you're probed with every orifice yeah and and you know semen is taken uh eggs are taken you know uh, implants are put in you right. uh that that is pretty bad pretty pretty horrible but we gotta get to our next break you guys you are listening to dark becomes light with me heidi hollis on the iheart radio and coast to coast am paranormal podcast network hey girlfriends it's me carol fisher i'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of the girlfriends In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to fight back against crime? Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies, personally investigating, prosecuting, and covering literally thousands of cases. It's so easy to think it will never happen to me or my family, but that is simply not true. 
Every day on Crime Stories with Nancy Grace, we shine a light on unsolved homicides, heat up cold cases, and help find missing people, especially children. We speak with family members, investigators, CSI, reporters, and experts in every field. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM paranormal podcast network Les, you made a really good point uh that you know definitely it, it does appear to be that there's a a conflict or it's it's like a whole mishmash of so many different elements when it comes to uh what the being's agenda is and um i i always call it like a secret war if you will it's like you know i i feel that uh if these things can shapeshift to make themselves appear as one thing or another I mean, who's to say who's standing before you when one group did something horrible to you and another one that looks just like them, you know, they're they're absolutely different. They're absolutely peaceful. And and I can't help to wonder if one is masking, you know, it's like uh, if that's the problem going on. Yeah, I, I think that, um, it, it, again, it's a very complicated uh, uh, subject, you know, to understand what's their agenda. Well, there's so many different groups, you know, so you have to look at you know, a particular group to then try to understand if there is an agenda. And, and here, here's what I like to say about this whole thing. I think it's almost like a school for the aliens. Um, in other words, they have generations, you know, that come and go. And so when they have a new generation that needs to be taught how to investigate the human race, they come down, they do the same thing. Cause you hear time and time again, well, if they're so smart, they, all they need is one sample, one person, they got it all figured out. Well, that, <laughs> <laughs> wow. they, 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 it, it's, and then they're doing things, you know, we do the same thing. We, we take a dolphin, for instance, we pull them out of the water, we tag them, we take a blood sample, we measure them, uh, uh, we throw them back in the water, and then a year later, we 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 capture them again. We pull them out of the out of the water, <laughs> put them on the boat, do the same thing over and over and over again, and and so you know 
it, I think it's a learning process right. uh, that, that's going on. And, you know, we're not at the top of the food chain, uh, unfortunately. Right. There's some hungry Bigfoot out there. I know that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, yeah, it's really difficult to pinpoint, if you will, that they have some nefarious uh, agenda by, you know, hoodwinking us and having a shape and they do this certainly to uh, in a lot of cases to to make it more palatable for the person that's experienced it you know show up as a teddy bear if you will or an owl or a deer instead of a, a little gray um yeah. that kind of thing right. but uh, the bottom line is that they all seem to be doing the same same thing yeah and there, there's probably groups that, that don't you know do have a uh, nefarious agenda that uh, you know they're not being uh, right. forthright well i don't understand how some can think well they all have to be really positive because they got here somehow i'm like look there's some really smart dudes out there that were serial killers too you know it's like <laughs> why do i have to kumbaya with them if i think something there might be something wrong i i remember somebody very very famous um <laughs> read uh my book the secret war and it's based on the conflict and alien contact with you know some of them are good some of them are bad and shadow people are in the middle and uh and this this researcher is like you know go and throw this in the garbage and start all over again because there's not a single bad alien out there in the universe yeah. i'm like what mm. <laughs> i yeah. couldn't believe it couldn't believe yeah. it yeah yeah it's yeah. like it's like i would never think that's okay to push your opinion on someone and i'm sure that's not anything that you guys do you try to help them grow in the situation correct Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, we're we're neutral. OK, we we listen to their stories. We don't, you know, uh, make a judgment. Uh, we try to help them with whatever we can, uh, whether it's a support group, uh, uh, a uh, mental health practitioner, a hypnotherapist, or now talking with a triage person in our EST group. Um, so, uh, yeah, and that that's that's a horrible thing to do to a person. <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, so many people, you know, I, I always tell people, it's like, if I listen to the folks that I really admired, uh, it, you know, that were close and far, you know, and, and just believed everything that was told to me or, or ordered of me, I, I would have never taken the steps that I did to, you know, put something else out there on the map. And, and it's like, I think it's important that we all kind of pick and choose what's healthy and what fits in our narrative uh, to be acceptable. We don't have to follow a certain pattern to express ourselves in this, this field and understand it. Absolutely. And one of the reasons why I put the book out the last year, the unknown other and the existential proposition of alien contact, which you could actually see on our website on the, the homepage. And also it's available on Amazon. Um, basically it's an overview of 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 the topic uh the contact with non-human intelligences with all the physical psychological uh aspects of it uh and and then including um uh, the the military aspects of it uh and uh, the government uap report that came out and then of course the full full uh analysis of the omega-3 study which is in there in the appendix uh where we interviewed uh, 71 uh experiencers and compared them to 51 uh control people so 
Yeah, I, I wanted to put something out there that would be good for not only uh, the general public, but also for therapists uh, that are not familiar with the topic. And that's one thing we're trying to do in a, in a big way now is we're reaching out to more therapists to uh, try to uh, educate them on this topic and then hopefully have them be part of the provider network uh, and of course, you'd be an absolutely <laughs> wonderful addition. Um, we'll we'll and, talk for sure. <laughs> sure. And uh, so I, I I think that uh, you know this thing is not going to stop. It's been going on forever. And my latest theory on all of this is the fact whether we consciously know it or not, I think all of us are experiencers. And uh, uh, <laughs> I, I got to tell you this story that happened uh, one day in the support group. Uh, a person said to me, he said, hey, I've seen you before. Are they really? We're at a UFO conference, a grocery store. And he said, no, no, no. I saw you on board the craft. Oh, really? And I kind of I kind of blew it off. You know, I, 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 I just. It didn't. It didn't sit with me, you know, uh, <laughs> very well. But you know, I just, I just didn't believe it. But then it was like a year, year and a half later, a totally different person, a different support group meeting, said, "I've seen you before." I said the same thing. I said, "Where? A UFO conference, grocery store?" No, 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 no. You were sitting on this bench naked on board the craft, and you were freaking out. And they told me to go over to you to calm you down. Oh, great. Well, <laughs> so so i at that point at that point i uh decided to go get regressed <laughs> and uh i had three separate regressions uh two different people and um nothing like that came up uh however i had numerous past lives numerous past lives and which were so real i was I was crying in, 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 in a number of them, you know, because the, the, the feelings were so tremendously overwhelming. Uh, and uh, so anyway, uh, it was probably another year later that I told this story to someone and they said, well, you know, maybe this person picked up on, on, on something that happened in a previous life. Maybe we're abducted in a previous life, and that's that's what this person was seeing in some way, shape, or form. Interesting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's funny. I, I had a group for 15 years, and people would pop in, and they would recognize each other and say these things. And mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes they, they would say, uh, you know, yeah, you look familiar, too. So it, it's interesting, though. Uh, you know, it's like. I don't understand, you know, how that always connects because like myself, I was told, oh, you're abducted. You have hybrid children. No, I don't. I've never been abducted. (laughs) You know, I don't know where this is coming from, but fascinating. So if people are experiencing anything out of the ordinary, how can they reach out to you guys and get some help? Well, the easiest thing to do is just to hit our website, uh, opusnetwork.org. There's a big, big support button on there. And then what we ask you is just a few questions, uh, you know, your name, your email address, uh, and, and tell us about your story a bit of it. Uh, you don't have to go into great detail. And then that automatically goes out to three people in our organization. Um, 
myself included. And uh, you can choose from either being put into the support group or uh, go, going to a uh, triage member of the EST or having them contact you. And then once the, uh, the triage person talks to the, uh, the, the uh, experiencer, we then can uh, find out if they would like to, to uh, have a hypnotherapist, uh, uh, you know, uh, name given to them, or uh, do they need a mental health practitioner uh, that they, they would like to see. So, um, again, it's opusnetwork.org. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the program and sharing your knowledge and uh, your services. Pioneer Les Velez, thank you. Thank you so much, Heidi. I really appreciate it. Amazing work by an amazing guy. You know, guys, we have come to the bottom of another fabulous program. I hope you've learned something. I sure have. And uh, don't forget, if you have experienced something out of the ordinary, you know a story, or if you want to share your research or just comment on things that we're discussing here on the program, go to shadowfolks.com or heidihollis.com and tell me about it. Tell me all the details. And also check out and follow me on social media at one Heidi Hollis on Twitter, uh, Facebook, YouTube, anything and everything pretty much. Uh, it's out there at one Heidi Hollis. And also check out my paranormal comic strip at the Outlanders comic that is on Instagram. All right. Wow. You know, I, I'm, I love doing this show and I really love connecting with you guys out there. Don't forget to catch me here every Friday. You have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody. Goodbye. Well, if you liked this edition of Dark Becomes Light, wait till you hear the next one. You've been listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hi guys, Nancy Grace here, host of podcast Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. I've dedicated my life to fighting crime and helping crime victims. For a decade, I prosecuted violent felonies. Every day is a mission. Every day is a chance to stop crime and keep one more person safe. Listen to Crime Stories with Nancy Grace on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.